hey kids, I've tried to gear some of my thoughts for you, for those that that are going to pay attention as well, because uh, you need to know, big kids and little kids, how much our heavenly dad loves us. And our churches are built. It's all about Jesus and him revealing what our loving heavenly father is like. And he so wants so many people connecting up with him. I want to read a couple of scriptures. One is John 3.16. It's a great scripture. We all should have had this one memorized. For God so loved the world that he gave an angel from heaven. He gave us his second best. I think I'll get a reject that's not so close to me. No, he says, I'm going to send you the best. I'm going to send the prince of heaven, my one and only son, to represent me. He said, for God so loved the world, it's not just having good feelings, it's actually action, giving, choosing what's in our best interest. He gave us his best, his one and only son, that whoever, it's open to anyone and everyone, and whether you're a Christian here or not, whether you've ever opened your heart to Jesus, I pray that some of my thoughts today will help you open your heart because God loves you And he says, if you're willing to open your heart, I'm prepared to rush in and to cause some miracles to take place within you. He says, whoever believes in him, which means puts their trust in him. It's not just intellectual assent. It's actually the Greek word bestevo means I put my trust in him. I rely upon him. I adhere to him. He says, will not perish, but have eternal life. Live forever and ever and ever. We've been talking about fathers. My dad nearly 12 years ago, went to be with Jesus. My mum, nearly 25 years ago, rarely a week passes when I don't think of my mum and dad, the impact they had upon my life. Uh, My wife can't think that way. Uh, Her dad was a terrible man and uh, caused a lot of damage. If you've read my book, The Me I Can Be, and Kathy has shared her story, not all dads are good, unfortunately, and some dads are louses, and uh, her dad was a louse and caused a lot of damage. And and it damages people in our perspective. But you know, today, if you've had a lousy dad or if you've had experiences that have been hurtful, then I trust that you'll get a vision of our perfect heavenly dad and how good and wonderful he is. And he brings healing into our hearts. The concept of fatherhood is a beautiful concept, even though it's marred by sometimes human beings mucking up and doing, doing the wrong thing. For God so loved the world, say it with me, for God so loved the world, kids with me, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now look at this, for God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. He says, but to save the world through him. This is a messy world. This is a sinful world. This is a world that's that's, that's run amok. I love Louis Armstrong's song, you know, what a wonderful world. And I say, yes, Louis, I love his voice and I love him singing, what a wonderful world. But at the same time, a genuine Christian can also see, but it's a very messed up world. There's a lot of things that have gone wrong. And, And so... God loved this world and he loved people, even those who were shaking their fist at him, even those who were doing wrong things to fellow human beings. He says, I haven't come to condemn the world. The world's already condemned. The world's already condemned if they're not believing on Jesus, if they're not trusting in God. But he's come 
to save the world. And, and so our aim is not to preach sin. If I came up here and said, now let me now convince you of sin. I don't need to convince you of sin. Just do a little introspection for five minutes in your own heart and you will list at least 10 sins, I'm sure. And sins that I'm not, I can't even see. We're all self-centered. We're all lost our way. I haven't come and Jesus hasn't come and our Christian family centered churches don't preach sin. We preach Jesus. We lift him up. And the Holy Spirit who is here, he brings conviction. And you see, I, I can make an assessment, say, Josh, I can pick on you. I can say, well, I can see your outward sins. And you've got a couple, Josh, I've noticed them, don't worry. And uh, I won't pick on anyone else, okay, okay. And uh, we judge the outward, but you know what? Inwardly, only the Holy Spirit can see. And he brings conviction of our sin. And the greatest sin, do you know what the biggest sin is? If you want to spell sin, S, a big I, N, independence. It's independence of God. Whereas faith is dependence on him. And when we're independent of him and lost, then we, we get into all kinds of sins and bad behaviours and stuff like that. But our task is to lift up Jesus and the Holy Spirit. He's the one that brings conviction of where we've done wrong and he doesn't condemn us. Conviction is not condemnation. He convicts us so we can say, you need a savior, you need forgiveness, you need somebody to love you and embrace you and to help you live this life, to give you an eternal hope for the future, eternal life and daily help today to live the kind of life he wants us to live and that's why he sends the spirit to us, the Holy Spirit to represent Jesus. I love, I love that verse. And then the second verse, oh man, and I've got a little, little photo here. Romans 5, 6 says, one of my favourite, you see at just the right time when we were still what? Powerless. Christ died for the ungodly. He didn't die for perfect people. He didn't wait to say, well, Carol, I'm just going to wait until you shape up first. Richard, you need to shape up a bit more. And when you shape up and change your attitude, then I might save you. In our lost and sinful state, when we were totally helpless, we couldn't save ourselves. We were in a hopeless state. He died not for the righteous, he died for the ungodly. He died for those who were far away from, from him. And, and, and there's no way of escape outside of Jesus. And so I see the cross. And kids, I want you to notice this. You see that light there. You know what a prism is? If you don't know what a prism is, just ask your mum and dad. They might have one at home. A prism is when light comes into a prism, something happens. So the next verse, I'll show you what happens. Bang! But God demonstrates his own love for us. Notice I've said, go back to the earlier one, the first screen. You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. You cannot see and understand the Father's love, really. You cannot see and understand how much the Father loves you just by reading what Jesus said in the four Gospels. Fantastic stuff. You can't fully comprehend just in how he acted and reacted to people, though you're blown away. You think, oh, I can understand God's love just by reading what Jesus said to people and how he acted. No, 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 you'll never understand it. You need a cross. 
You need a cross that speaks of sacrifice. That's the only way you'll be able to to even start comprehending how much God loves you because what it cost God to save you and to reveal himself to you. And so the the second scripture says, but God demonstrates his love to us. Notice that he demonstrated it, how? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us and so now, The prism is where we can see the full dimension of God's love. I've been a Christian for 47 years. And I can tell you honestly, some people want to move on and say, let's get into deeper teaching, Bill. You know, I've written a book, The Church We Can Be, and it's saying, and some church leaders and movements go, well, let's go into this emphasis and this emphasis, and you're teaching basic stuff, Bill. You know what, I've been teaching this basic stuff for 47 years and I'm just scratching the surface. I'm still trying to comprehend how much God loves me. Because I know that's the key to keeping me sane and safe and on the straight and narrow. A human being that doesn't know that they're loved deep down at a profound level, ultimately is a screwed up human being. You don't believe me, you read my wife's testimony. She never felt the love of her father. She only had the assaults. So her concept of fatherhood was screwed up. And it was my dad, beautiful Greek man, that was able to to bring healing. And there was two other elderly men at the door. And she's 22 years of age. She's a new pastor's wife. And as they come in, there's Len Thompson, Dr. Thompson, and uh, Keith Redmond. And and, and they were just going, hey, Kath, good to see you, love. Give her a hug and a little kiss. And she said, years later, she said, I never knew that an older man could do that. And uh, the power of feeling that. She said, that "That did more for me than all your messages, Bill. (laughs) Real encouraging wife, that one, I tell you. But it's true. They demonstrated acceptance and love to her. It's not to be taught, it's to be experienced. It's It's to be touched. I remember a little girl that used to come to the church and uh, her father was, was very, very ill, very emotionally, mentally ill. And this little kid, you know, she was, she wasn't the prettiest little girl. She was just, you know, pretty overweight and, and you could see her, she's walking in unhappy. And, and I thought, this little kid, she's about 10 years of age. What the heck is going on? So I would, at the door as she's leaving, I'd go out and say, how you doing, beautiful girl? And she'd kind of look at me. Like me, beautiful. And then I'll try and put my arm around it. Oh man, it was like, no. And I'm thinking, what has gone down in this kid's life? After about six months, when I'd look at her, I'd get a smile, hey, doing beautiful girl. And I'd look in her eyes and say, you're a fantastic kid. You, you know, God loves you. And I'd put my arm around it, and then she'd lean into me. Interesting. Just, it's good to do that always in public. You never do that with a child privately. We know that. So always publicly and, and, and also with, when you're hugging people, it always should be a side hug, okay? Just be careful on that one. Don't do what this beautiful Italian mama did to me at church. Wonderful lady, she says, Pastor Bill, Pastor Bill, I just love you so much. And she says, your message is fantastic. And she, gra- she grabbed my arm, my hand, and she's really big. And she goes, I just love you so, so, so much. 
And I'm there, yeah, I love you too. But, and she, it was totally innocent. But I said to my wife, sweetheart, I touched a woman's breast today. I confessed to her. Anyway, just, we're in the duty of care and we've got to be careful. But you know, I would sooner have somebody demonstrate love. And you know, God demonstrated his own love for us in this. Kids, he demonstrated his love for you while we were sinners, Christ died for us. It's the prism by which we can see the full dimension of God's love. He didn't wait for us to respond to him first. He took the initiative. He didn't wait to say, you be a good boy first and I'll love you. No, you be a good girl first and then I'll die for you. You be a good girl first and then I'll reach out to you. He's been reaching out to us even when we were lost, knocking on our heart's door. And even though we were fighting him, he says, I love you. I've got plans for you. I, I want to change your life. I want to give you value. I want to show you how much I love you. And you cannot understand the love of God without the prism of the cross. It's the bridge between heaven and earth where God himself visits the planet and there fully human and fully God somehow takes your sin and my sin upon himself and as he's hanging there between heaven and earth, he says, Father, why have you forsaken me? God the Father cannot look upon sin and at that moment Jesus became sin. He took your sin and God the Father had to reject him on one level because he took the sin of the world. He cannot look upon sin. And so as we now, and as he took our sin, he was buried, he rose again, then as we go through the cross, we find forgiveness, peace, acceptance, love, transformation. You can't be transformed in your life without comprehending how much deeply he loves you. It's a sacrificial love. It's a servant, a servant, it's the ultimate expression of servanthood. If you want to see a film that will tear your heart out, probably not suitable for kids, but I recommend you get it. It's an old film called To End All Wars, starring Kiefer Sutherland, old Donald Sutherland's son. True story about a prisoner of war camp in Thailand. And uh, it's, it's an amazing story. And it shows the power of love versus the power of the Bushido cult, which the Japanese soldiers were brainwashed into the Bushido cult, which they viewed every other person as subhuman and whites are subhuman, and Chinese are subhuman, and, and it allowed unbelievable atrocities to take place. And these Japanese these were brutal towards the Aussies and the, and the Scottish and the Americans. There's one American and one Scottish man. The Scottish man is full of hate. He's full of hate and full of vengeance. He wants to kill all the Japanese and wipe them out. And you know, there was a Christian man there, true story, his name is Sandy. And, and these brutal Bushido-believing cultists wanted to punish this guy. Wanted to punish this guy, and they were, gonna, they were gonna kill him. This is the Scottish brutal man. And Sandy goes up to the, the Japanese and says, take me instead. And they took him and they crucified him. It was a terrible scene. He gave his life for this brutal, horrible, nasty, angry, vengeful Scottish soldier. And it just melted his heart. And at the end of the film, you see him as an older man. He became a pastor, a leader in major universities. And it showed him meeting another Japanese soldier who was the only one 
who saw the evil of the Bushido cult and saw the power of love. And they meet together as old men at the cemetery there in Thailand. And I tell you, it's a practical demonstration of the power of Christ's love to take the sword of vengeance out of our hearts and to reveal how much God loves us because we were condemned to hell. But Jesus took the rap. He took the punishment to save us. And so, church, on this Father's Day, whatever your understanding of Father is, I pray that you will see the Father's heart and the Father's love through the prism of the cross. And, and read the scripture. You just, just think of that scripture. While we were yet sinners, while we were powerless, while we were helpless, while we are in a hopeless state, Christ died for us. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man. But he died not just for righteous people, he died for people that weren't righteous, for you and me, to save us. And it melts our heart and it's the key for us to become full-on disciples. And I tell you, as we present Jesus like this, he reveals what the Father is like, people will run to him because they need his salvation. Can I lead you in a prayer? Let's all close our eyes. And kids as well, I want you all to close your eyes. Kids, we're going to pray. Obviously babies excluded, but adults, kids, all the kids, I want you to close your eyes because we're going to talk to Jesus. And some of you need to open your hearts to him. Father, thank you for this wonderful service, beautiful people, and so many children. Thank you for your word, John 3.16, Romans 5, 6 to 8. Thank you, Lord. Help us to see your love. Help us to understand it. Help us to experience it. And help us to see that we can't actually embrace it unless we go through a cross and put our trust in Jesus. Holy Spirit, you are among us. Touch people's hearts right now for some that need to make a decision to open their hearts to Jesus. I pray, whether kids or adults, young or older, male, female, I pray, just, just move on people's hearts, Lord. Church, while we're in an attitude of prayer, no one looking around. Kids, don't, don't, don't look around. Just, but if you have, if God has touched you and something within you is saying, Bill, I, I need to open my heart to Jesus. I would love to pray with you I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to do anything. Maybe just lift your hand up where you are. Whether you're a child, yeah, an adult, just lift your hand up. Yeah, see those two hands, that adult, that child. Any other children, adults, lift your hand up. Kids, yeah, but lift it up high. Don't be embarrassed. I'm seeing it. Lift it up high. Yep, yep. One, two, three, kids. Others, yep, good on your son. Yeah, wonderful. You open your heart to say, Jesus, I want you to come in. Any adults as well. Thank you, guys. You can put your hand down. Let me pray for you now. And I want you to pray this prayer. Don't worry about the noise around about you. I want you to pray this prayer, children and adults. Just to say something like this as I lead. Just say, Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, I need you. Help me now to see how much the Father loves me. I receive you, Jesus. Open my eyes. Touch my heart. Help me to experience the Father's love as I place my trust in you. I see you, Jesus, hanging on a cross for me. And I see you now resurrected, sending the Holy Spirit to come and live within me. So Jesus Christ, I receive you as my Savior and my Lord and my Master. 
Amen. Hey, you kiddies, about four of you, put your hand up. When you leave, I'm going to be here at this door. I want you to come up and say, Pastor Bill, I opened my heart to Jesus. I just want to shake your hand and bless you, okay? And any adults that put their hand up, I'm happy also just to chat with you. But again, no pressure on you. It's a journey between you and God. This is the first step. It's not about joining the church. It's about connecting up to the God of love who wants to do such wonderful works in and through you. Joy to share with you, talk with you. Look forward to being here first week of October to share. God bless you. Thank you, Wayne.